God. He spoke to this person for 15 minutes and he shared me only a couple of things that God said. And I believe that Sean knew that he was going to die at 17. I believe he was told he was going to die at 17 years old. Wow. I really believe that now. Hey followers, this is your boy, Movie Maker Doug 55. Today I am with my coach and mentor, Andy McPhee, and today we are doing part two of a series of four with Cameron Miller, who is sharing his story of his life along with his beautiful son, Sean. Hey, Cameron. How are you, Doug? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Hi, Doug, um, and uh, hi, Cameron. Doug, How are you, Andy? Good, good buddy. Thank you. Cameron is uh, in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm in Los Angeles. So thanks for making the time again, uh, Cameron, to do this uh, part two of this incredible uh, story of you My and pleasure. your son. My pleasure. Um, Doug, uh, how are you, by the way, Doug? Good? I'm doing really good. You know, it's it's kind of interesting that I'm wearing the same shirt I wore last time. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bit of a worry. You don't have many shirts left, Doug. <laughs> no, I, I have sure plenty of shirts, but I didn't notice until now that <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure everybody will forgive you for wearing the same shirt, thinking that's all you've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Cameron, I gotta yep. ask you, uh, what caused your son, your late son Sean, to go through so much hardships in his life? Yeah, um, unfortunately, there's a thing called uh, childhood congenital heart disease, and it's one of the biggest killer of kids around the world, and it kills more kids than cancer. Wow. What yeah. What exactly did Sean have? Is it like a heart defect? Yeah, basically, Sean was uh, basically Sean used to say to him, "Dad, you know, he was born what's what's called VSD ASD, and basically, one side of the heart was not pumping, and when when people used to ask Sean." Sean, what's wrong with your heart? And Sean used to say, um, I've got one with the lot. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. What, what a great, um, yeah, what a great attitude to to just be able to be self-expressed like that, knowing that, you know, the outcome is very in balance of, you know, whether you're going to be um, find a, a, a donor, a great heart, or whether it may or may not work, which is just a, a, an inspiring attitude. Well, especially someone that's had three hearts and 1,000 operations in his lifetime. Oh, wow, 1,000 operations. Yeah, he had two heart transplants, so he lost the original heart and he had two heart transplants. Yeah. Well, what do you think, um, Cameron, that caused the other hearts to to not uh, ex be accepted into his body was there any uh, did they find any reason behind that no it's just sometimes with uh it can be it can you know people don't understand with a heart like with other with other organs you can get away with it but you know we're sort of built up of building blocks and as soon as you put an um an, a foreign object in your body the body's always every day rejecting it yeah. um and Sean was on 30 pills and 30, uh, 30 pills at night and 30 pills during the morning um, wow. for anti-rejection to stop the rejection. So every day, the body's always rejecting that heart. Every day. You're wow. fighting every single day, every day you get up in the morning. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because you've got no immune system. You've got no immune system as well. 
So yeah. he took 30 pills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah, that and I had massive tough. pills too. They were massive as well. So, yeah. So so just getting back to the um, the doctors who performed that, uh, now who was, who was the original doctor many, many years ago uh, from Africa that started the first heart transplants? Oh, yes, yes, I know you're talking about. Yes, he was very famous. Yeah, I can't remember who he was, but he was the instigator of the, he I was. Think, the initial heart transplants, right? He was, and then, we had, and then we had the wonderful Victor Chang come in as well. Yes. Yeah, um, who were your doctors in Melbourne that performed these operations? Uh, we had we had Doctor we had Doctor Ro, uh, Robert Weintraub. He was fantastic. Uh, yeah. The guy called Christian Christian Barnard was the guy in America. Oh, in that's Boston. right. Christian Barnard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I remember with Sean, you know, when you get a when people don't understand when you get a heart transplant, it's basic basically a band aid solution. Um, right. like, so Sean had his first heart transplant at eight and then needed oh, a second heart transplant at 13. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. So, curious, so I'm just curious, Cameron, uh, did the doctors ever consider artificial hearts at all? Well, funny you should say that when Sean got told, when Sean, um, found out he was going to die and he did the YouTube video, the Texas Heart Institute reached out to us. And they offered Sean a mechanical heart, right? And Sean said to me this, Dad, I know exactly where I'm going. God will look after me. I don't want, I don't give that artificial heart to somebody else. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Wow. And I had, as a father, I had to deal with that knowing that he could have lived on, but he chose not to. So can I ask you, Cameron, how did that affect you? Like it's totally out of your control, totally. I, I, it took me a long time to come to terms of it because he said to me he had the second heart transplant for me anyway, and he said I need to do this for me now. It's time yeah. for me to go. He said I, I've, I've, he goes I've, I've learnt my lessons on earth. He, this is what he said I've learnt my lessons on earth, and I've, I've achieved what I've had to achieve, and I'm ready to go now. Jeez. Wow. So Powerful. that brings me to my next question, which is, when did Sean and when did he first interact with God? That was, uh, I'll tell you the story exactly how it happened. And I wrote about it in my book. Um, about a week before Sean had had a Fontan operation, it's called a Fontan. And it was with a guy called Christian Barnard, a, a guy from France. And they were trying to knit the, the other side of the heart. He went in for a 15-hour operation. And about a month later, we were in, I had to pick him up from school, and we went to um heart clinic, and he was in McDonald's. And um, he said to me in the, in the line at McDonald's, he goes, Dad, I don't feel very well. And all of a sudden, he, he projectiled through blood up everywhere, all over me, all over McDonald's, everywhere. And he goes, Dad, I'm not well. I rushed him up to the hospital, rushed him upstairs to the hospital. Sean was going into major heart failure and he had 48 hours to live. Um, you know, Sean wasn't on the heart, Sean wasn't on the transplant list at this time. So they said, Cameron, Sean's going into major heart failure. He's going to have to go on the organ donor, donor list. But you realize that 
we've only done six heart transplants this year and um most of them are taken between six to eight months to get a heart um so i had to deal with that he could die in 48 hours it come it, sean was slowly slowly withering away he was on i was feeding him ice chips and he was the mess and i remember i'll never forget it very clearly i went out um it was about would have been about 12 it would have been it was close to 12 o'clock at night and it was pouring rain it was the in the winter in melbourne and uh, i'll never forget it i went down on my hands and knees and i looked up to the sky and i said if there's a god out there please help my son as i was crying i went back into the ward and sean was looking up the sky and i looked up at the, the roof there was a white light above Sean's head. And I'm like, what's going on? The whole ward's completely black and and there's a white light on, on the roof. And anyway, Sean spoke like this, like this, like the sun in his eyes for 15, I timed it, it was 15 minutes. And I'm thinking, and I'm trying to listen. I'm thinking, what's going on? He's mumbling. And, and then all of a sudden he woke up from this, whatever he woke up from, and he goes, dad, 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 I've got some incredible news. I'm going to get a new heart. And I said to him, Sean, no one's told me anything about it. And then he goes, I went through a white light and an old man told me to stop and go go away. You've got work to do in your life. And five minutes wow. later, the doctor came out, Dr. Robert Weintraub, and said, beautiful boy, we've got a new heart for you. That's an incredible story, Cameron. Can oh. I ask you a question that you know, like, um, you know, when you're dealing with faith and Christianity, there's a, there is a, quite a bit of negativity around the world today. And I understand why people, you know, don't want to go that path or believe it. I, I, I sort of get that because the world's, you know, it's, it's changing. Yeah. Um, I personally myself have my faith. I've, you know, had it since a young teenager and then I moved away from it just around my own world, which went into a complete mess with me and everybody else around it with dealing with, you know, you know, drugs and gangs and things. Yeah. I thought that's where my path was, which obviously is not. And yes. now I ride with a, a massive big club called Bikers for Christ, which are the biggest, biggest oh, motorcycle ministry in the world. Oh, and wow. their motto is saved, not soft. And yeah. they deal with a lot of heavy stuff here in the States and stand for a lot of people in the homeless areas, low income areas, um, black communities. They, they go to meetings with, um, confederate clubs here one percenters and they're there to oh, wow. just be a stand for people you know just just yeah. be there in case people want help so but that what i'm getting at is it's really hard for people to to come to terms about something they can't see or don't believe in how how's it been reacted for you when this story shares about god do you get a lot of negativity about that and people going oh what a load of rubbish or you know things like that um with people people um are quite respectful they don't know what to say so they most likely change the subject oh, I they see. don't criticize but they'll change the subject um you know i remember when i did the book for penguin books and i wrote about this story in my book and i was worried that penguin books uh would knock me back and they go no that's no we're fine with it so but wow. Because Sean, because people know Sean and know his story and know what he's gone through, people really don't question it. I've never really had anyone question it, but they do mm -hmm. change the subject because they get very uncomfortable 
talking yeah. about anything to do with the afterlife. Yeah, because we don't, I mean, even, you know, we don't understand it. We've all had our own experiences of mm. things like that. You know, some people, you know, they have their faith because they believe the, the Bible, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we've all had uh, things that, like, like Sean, he's had incredible divine intervention. Yeah. And um, I, I myself have had things happen in my life, which I haven't shared with a lot of people. But luckily enough, I had three people with me when something happened here in LA, and they and two of them were my children, and they went, "Okay, that was, uh, yes, yeah, so that was." And I don't know exactly who it was I met, but you know uh, that's a story for another time. But yeah, you're right, um, and I completely understand people change the subject because it's something not everyone knows about. But what I what I say to you, Cameron, and I know Doug's behind us on this because Doug's a, a young Christian man. Um, your bravery in sharing it and not and unashamedly sharing like the visions he had, the stories he's had, that's that's great because I know it will inspire people um somewhere, somehow with your story. So that's yeah. admirable that you're you're not ashamed to share that, even though people go, Well, a bit awkward, you know. Yeah, you're an incredible person and Sean was absolutely great. He was he was he was incredible sean he he sean was a real leader um he was a leader he always took control and that's who he was and you can see these you can if you go onto squeaky squeakers on uh sean miller uh, foundation on youtube there's him public speaking for the first time about his life um and you can see the way he takes control yeah where, I mean, where was that cameron what um link is that where he did his first public speaking uh, he, he was invited to do some public speaking in the city um and uh he loved it and um he yeah. just got up for the first time and he spoke like or so it it was it was just natural to him yeah just is there had, a video link to that yes yeah you just go to the sean miller foundation on youtube and it's on youtube oh link okay. everybody is right here the link there you go there you go. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, uh, Doug, if, if, if you uh, got a few more questions and then I've got a couple for Cameron as well. Yeah. I must ask you, uh, Cameron, uh, when did Sean see heaven and hell? Uh, that was that was more before he passed away. Um, and he told me that... Um, you know, basically he was laying on the couch and he went out to it and um, same sort of thing about the vision and um, he was all over the place and he was laying down and he was like, no, 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 get off me, get off me, get off me. Because what I was noticing a week before when I was taking photos, there was all these orbs around him all the time and I believe wow. that he had spiritual guides getting ready to take him to heaven. Um, and three days before he passed away, um, he had that incredible experience where he said that uh, there was two doors that I went through. I went through a white door, but to the left of me, there was this black, black door where people were screaming, yelling, hands were coming out of this door, help me, help me. He said it was horrifying. He said this black door was was worse than any nightmare you can ever think of. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. Hey, it's just not um, imaginable for you know just a lot of us to to even um even those with faith to to really comprehend that but oh, yeah. you know your son and all the stories that 
he shared with you and the experiences you saw, well, you know, um, I, I personally myself, you know, trust and believe everything that he shared with you was way beyond our comprehension. It was. You know? It was. It so was. let me get this straight. He was in some sort of a hallway with doors and he saw a black door with people. He said he walked crazy. through, he said he walked through like a cathedral place. Um, and there was a white door. It was, it was a beautiful white door, he said. And then there was a black, black door. And he goes, there was thousands of people screaming and yelling. And they were trying to get to him. As he said, he went through the white door. People were trying to reach out to him and pull him into the black door. And he goes, I had like this force field that pulled me through the white door until I came to a cabinet with my name on it, with Sean Miller. And I pulled out the cabinet and um, upcome on my life uh, was my life from the time I was born to the time I passed away one minute. I saw my life in one minute. Everything that happened in my life in one minute. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's 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 enough for the messages from the Bible to go clean up your act. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Clean up your act, mate. That's a, that's one movie I don't want everyone to see. Clean up your act, otherwise you're going to get viewed. Yeah, I, yeah. you're going to get judged. I, you're going to get judged. Yeah, and I would sooner go through the white door than the black door. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember Sean said, Sean said something very, very interesting, um, and he'd say these things. I'll give you an example. Sean would say these things and then change the subject. Like when he did the YouTube video. He goes, oh, Dad, I did this YouTube video. He goes, it's going to be viewed by millions of people all over the world, but oh, well. And I go, what did you just say, Sean? He goes, can you get me a ham sandwich? And he wouldn't bring <laughs> it up again. He wouldn't bring it up again. Wow. You know the sort of turp person he was? Yeah. Like, this, like he spoke to this, he, as he said, he says in his book, he calls it his epiphany, the, the, the day he spoke to God. He spoke to this person for 15 minutes and he shared me only a couple of things that got said. And I believe that Sean knew that he was going to die at 17. I believe he was told he was going to die at 17 years old. Wow. I really believe how, that. Now. How long ago was that? Five years ago? or That was when he was, um, uh, which which one? Which which event? Uh, when, when he passed away, how, how old was he? Uh, he was 17. That was May 26, 2012. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So nine years yeah. ago. Yeah. Wow. 